You've found an encore presentation of the Taxi Stand Hour. Catch John and Ed as they broadcast live weekly, and join the conversation. Go to RadioTFI.com for schedules, information, and more. And now, enjoy the show. You found the Taxi Stand Hour. Alright, alright, alright. On Radio TFI. Join the conversation. You can reach the guys at 754-800-CHAT. 754-800-2428. On Twitter, at Taxi Standard. From a pay phone, call collect. The following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. morning everybody it is uh sunday july 18th of 2021 you are listening to the taxi stand hour here on radio tfi and on the radio tfi streaming network from the northern command studio in egan minnesota i'm john shannon and over there in queens new york the radio tfi executive tower it is the one and only ed van ness Good morning, sir. Good morning, kids and kittens. As always, we trust you've had a fantastic week, winding it up with us here in the uh, in the big uh, the big radio TFI ballroom. <clears throat> Excuse me, a little froggy in my throat there. Uh, it's the middle of summer. It's hot, hot, hot everywhere, and uh, we'll talk about that. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, according to according to young Mister Shannon, we have a jam packed show today. We have a guest, and uh, and I'm just beside myself here right now. Yeah, we got all kinds of stuff going on here. Just uh, uh, see, sometimes there's just weeks where things just kind of uh, plop in your lap. We'll give you a, a a quick rundown of some of the things we're going to talk about here. I would love that. Uh, wouldn't, that wouldn't that nice of me to do that? We're going to... Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about here again what's happening in Minneapolis uh, with the homeless situation. Our our good friend Shannon Bassett is going to join us here uh, a little later on in the show. And we're going to talk about uh, how they are, how the homeless are being treated in certain parts of Minneapolis now. And uh, it, it, quite frankly, it's a little astonishing and... Um, I don't know. I got a couple questions for Shannon on that, and we're, we'll talk a little bit and see if there isn't some things that can be done. There are also some areas, some cities, who are actually handling things the right way. I had a uh, about a six minute video here, but uh, uh, I think I'm going to wind up more <laughs> talking about it than, than playing oh, the video. Oh, oh yeah, you are. <laughs> he gets he, he what he did what ed doesn't understand when we're doing when we do this show is is that there are days when we are wishing we had mm-hmm. an extra six minutes that to is. uh to uh play with here uh it's an embarrassment of riches today 
Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, did you? Uh, well, wait, 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 wait. Keep keep telling gonna... the, keep telling the people what else we're going to talk about with this jam pack. We are. I I I am. I Go am. ahead. Don't get sidetracked. I'm not getting sidetracked. Yes, you are. Did you? Uh, I'm doing uh, it right did now. You know that there is. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Did you know that there may be a? There is still a legitimate chance that one Donald J. Trump could actually be reinstated into the presidency. Oh, and this is oh, what there's. This is what oh, wait saying. a second. Wait a second. Involve- We're doing jokes. We're doing fantasy stuff. Well, it doesn't. Uh, Don't go into the whole story. Just, just hit the headlines. I, I what, won't. what else are we talking about? Boy, <laughs> really wants to get off of that. And <sighs> one of the other things I want to cover at some point in time today is, is with the COVID numbers rising again. Do we, do we really give a damn about the people who are uh, uh, unvaccinated and refuse to get the vaccination? We'll cover that a little bit later. Uh, time-wise, time slots, well, you know, that's always in flux, so we'll see kind of play that. Also, we have a guest. I said we had a guest. Oh, I missed that. I don't I don't pay attention. You, you don't, you really don't sometimes. My God. But, um, okay. anyways, why don't you, uh, why don't we get us rolling into the stock report? Oh, yeah. Because that'll bring us into the first, uh, oh, yeah. the first topic. You're going to like this. You're going to like this one today. It's the Radio TFI Market Watch, sponsored by Nobody. Uber closed the week at $46.19, down $2.88. Meanwhile, Lyft ended the week at $53.40, down $8.10. This has been the Radio TFI Market Watch. Please sponsor us. Told you you'd like it. Kind of looks like Lyft needs a lift. How about that? How about that? Oh, how about that? Do you, do you see? Do you see the value of this spot? It's it, it's a payoff. There's an eventual payoff. There's gonna come a day when we're gonna be able to. We're not gonna report how far it's gone, but what it's worth. At at the close of business Friday, Lyft was worth two cents. The day is coming. Well, the stock market has a different opinion right now. I I wouldn't give you two cents for either Uber be that or as Lyft. It may. Exactly. I I, I want to get I, I don't have much of a script today. Uh, normally I have a whole bunch of stuff in front of me. Today I don't. Other than the mm-hmm. stock report, I only have one other thing that really caught my eye this week that I felt and it's apropos of nothing. I just think it's a wonderful quote and I just want to put it out there. And this is from the the, the late great Muhammad Ali. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Uh Ali was quoted once as saying, the man who views the world at 50 the same as he did at 20 has wasted 30 years of his life. Absolutely. I and actually got that from uh, Shaletta. I saw her, her post something like that. Yeah, and, and I just, I just again, apropos of nothing, it's got nothing to do with anything we're doing here. I just thought it was a fantastic quote. Words to, words to live by. How's that? And you? that's it for me, folks. See ya! There you go. I got nothing else. So, and it's a good thing I good thing I don't either. No, uh, <laughs> it's the radio TFI quarter hour. Yeah, we uh, we got a little busy on Twitter this uh, this last week here. Who that? 
that would be that would be me oh. uh, on, on a lot of different facets but a lot of it uh, came from uh, every once in a while I just get uh, a little miffed at uh, people I would normally call political allies uh, those who are uh, left-leaning who seem to the ones especially who are out there clamoring for a living wage or clamoring for a $15 minimum uh, wage uh, regulation. But yet these are the same people that will jump into an Uber or a Lyft without uh, batting an eye uh, with the, with whether or not they know the fact. And this is where I'm trying to enlighten some people, but they don't seem to, I don't get a lot of, other than from people that are in the industry, I don't get a lot of feedback on that because it's kind of like some of these people, they, they're kind of tucking their tail between their legs and realizing, yeah, yeah, we, we know these drivers aren't getting paid very well, but uh, uh, but still, we, uh, we're going to we're gonna go ahead and take them because it's the chic thing to do. We can't even necessarily say that it's cheaper than a cab anymore. Uh, especially with the surge pricing, with their shortage of drivers, we can't necessarily say that uh, Uber and Lyft uh, across the board are a cheaper alternate to uh, to no, taxi. No, no, they're not. Uh, in most cases, they uh, they 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 are not. And uh, uh, of course, there's always going to be a few instances here and there where they can. Um, uh, good morning, sunshine. Uh, you know, but. Again, we've we've beaten this horse till it's about ready to get back up. Uh, there, there's other points, other bigger issues involved here, which I I, I tapped into this little debate that John was having last late last night. I I was unaware of it, and uh, uh, John, go ahead. You you finish up. You'll uh... well. My contention has always been that these same people who are uh, out there uh, fighting the good fight when it comes to uh, living wages for for other people uh, don't seem to give a rip when it comes to uh, Uber and Lyft drivers. They don't care whether or not the fact that in most instances they're making not only not a living wage, but a sub minimum wage now everybody says oh well they god they make they make $25 uh, they make $25 an hour what are you talking about well <clears throat> excuse me you have to understand that a big part of uh, the pie for uh, any any driver whether it's ride share whether it's uh, uh, whether it's the your Grubhub and DoorDash people, or whoever. Uh, oh, I know does the answer to this. Delivery work. I know the answer. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, Horshack. Oh, 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 Mr. Kata, Mr. Kata, I know the answer. It's 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 maintenance, man. It's maintenance. It's it's gas. It's maintenance. It's uh, not forget not. 
notwithstanding the amount of time that you're putting in this, you know, then there's always the, you know, look, uh, maintenance, yes, some, some people are making actual car payments. Uh, and I think it's funny that our friend, uh, our friend Athen is uh, piped in on this because I actually got kind of, I got into a little scuffle with somebody else from uh, Western Australia uh, on the Twitter uh, yesterday on this. And I'll talk about that a little bit as well. But it just seems like people just don't, just don't give a damn. And I'm just, it, it annoys the heck out of me. And it was brought to my attention on a couple of uh, different occasions, a couple of different people, that um, even even the ones that are the most out there uh, in the uh, liberal world, people like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders even, uh they uh, they don't seem to to even care. I mean, there are events uh, where they AOC even was a part of an event where don't don't don't. don't. I, I, I'm sorry. I, no, I look, don't. Just don't. Look, I believe, and I, I I believe I want to believe. That it's her supporters and her people, her staff, or the people that are underneath them. It's not her that are setting these things. Oh, I, I, I want to believe you. She's a goddess and an angel. Okay, and she's my representative in Congress. Forget the fact that I'm smitten with her. Yeah, well, then tell her to stop taking Ubers and Lyfts. No, 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 no. It doesn't happen. No, 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 no. Moving on. Yeah. (laughs) Moving on. But. Jesus, I knew it was a mistake mentioning her. You see that? And you, and you did it anyway. And you did it anyway. So, I just, I find it, um, I find it stunning. And then the ones who get pissed off because they go into, they, they, they order an Uber or a Lyft and they get pissed off, you know, I got twenty. I got twenty-five minutes to catch my flight. I'm going to call for an Uber because of a couple of times I got lucky and they were right around the corner. Well, <laughs> the times they are changing. Times um, are changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, one particular person got pissed off because the the driver wouldn't, I guess, pull off the street and into her driveway and load her luggage for her. <laughs> and wait, wait, look. wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. It, I've always said if you're going to do the make believe taxi thing, do it all the way. You pull in the driveway and you load the bags. That's part of it. I and you know something? I would have done the same thing. But here's the but here's the deal. It's like I was telling like I was telling somebody yesterday. You go to McDonald's. You get a, you're, you have a certain expectation for service. You you hope that basically you don't die from all the trans fat and all the other crap that goes into your Big Mac. It's you a, just kind of slow killer. You have a certain expectation when you go into McDonald's. When you go into let's say P.F. Chang's, it's a little different expectation. 
you're paying for a little bit better quality. You're paying for, for a little a bit better service. For a slower death. <laughs> well, well, there, there's always that too. But, but that people think they just have this sense of entitlement when it comes to to Uber and Lyft. And the best part about it is is these people uh, tipping is definitely in their if if they would come around and tip it would actually it wouldn't be a bad get it wouldn't be bad maybe some then the drivers could maybe make up for some of this but shit half of them half of the people that ride uber or lyft think tipping is a city in china Uh, and I don't. I just don't understand where people who are the ones that don't have an excuse for riding or for riding or riding Lyft and Uber are the people who are out there on the front lines, you know, saying that uh, the guy that's flipping your burger needs to make fifteen dollars an hour, uh, and I do believe they should. Let's get to the fight, John. Come on, come on. You've prefaced it. Let's get to the fight you had on Twitter. Oh well, the fight was with the, was with this. Uh, oh my God! We want names. People... We want names. Oh, you want names? We huh? want names. I'm not shy. I don't know if anybody remembers from. I think from back in the '90s, if I'm not mistaken, might have been early 2000s. A young lady by the name of uh, Terry Runnels. Nope, don't remember. Been, uh, it's it's uh, understandable that you don't because she was part of the whole uh, back in the Attitude Era of WWE, WWF, whatever you want to call it. She was one of the uh, the divas that they would parade out there um, who had more more body than skills if you will they weren't they weren't very good wrestlers but you know they were eye candy and this particular this uh, this was also when uh, WWE had this uh, seemed like it almost had a working uh, relationship with Playboy magazine because about a half a dozen of their divas wound up in their uh their uh, centerfolds and or not centerfolds, but in features, I guess featurettes, if you will, in Playboy magazine. So there was plenty of fun, plenty of flesh being shown, and uh, she was uh, Terry Runnels was one of these that uh, definitely uh, was in that category, and and she's also in my in my opinion, in my humble opinion, she's one of these people that think that her uh, overinflated boobs kind of get her. Uh, get her a pass, get her, uh, we should all be impressed by the fact that she's, uh, by the time she's, um, by the time she's 60, she's going to look like she's carrying a couple of bowling bag, bowling ball bags here on her chest. And, uh, I just, uh, people like that, that just have that sense of entitlement, you know, Oh, I missed my I missed my plane, and there's no, oh, there there's just no excuse. That driver, I'm going to report that driver and this and that. 
And I so I called her on it. I said, listen, do you have, I'm sorry you missed your flight, but do you have any idea how much, how much that driver has to go through what he, for what little money he's going to make off of your ride to the airport? Do you have any clue whatsoever how little this guy makes? Do you think you're going to make up for it in a tip? I kind of doubt it. Um, and meanwhile, she's going to turn around and report this and make a big scene to Uber. And this, this poor schlub is going to probably, he isn't going to realize it at the time. Uh, but he probably is going to have a huge favor because Zuber's probably going to wind up sending him down the road for this. So people's sense of entitlement when it comes to that is is just amazing. Well, here's the question I have. Just, just to, did she miss the flight because the car never showed up or did she miss the flight because the car was late or did she ever get in the car? Did she... As I as I believe I I read the the tweet, as I believe, um, what I saw was is that she got pissed off and indignant because he wouldn't pull in and uh, and load the luggage. He wouldn't pull in the driveway to load the luggage. She got indignant about it. He left. He no showed the call. So, okay. So so I'm gonna go with. He pulls up, and again, notwithstanding the physical layout of of where she is, uh, maybe the driveway is a pain to pull in. Maybe it's a tight, tiny driveway, and you know, and like uh, so I've seen people do, they put their bags right in the middle of the driveway where your vehicle is going to be sticking out into the street anyway. And maybe he just figured, well, I pull up along the curb, load up, and away we go, and then it's just easier to go. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't there for that. But uh, but if he if the well, we keep saying he, but the driver if the driver he did not it. okay. So did the driver get out and even attempt to load the bags? It sounds like a no. Uh, uh, did she have an attitude going into it? I don't know the person. But my, my limited experience with the dark side, and by the way, I, I, I keep getting emails from Uber. Come back, it all is forgiven. So uh, uh, that tells you where they are right now, their desperation for, for drivers. Uh, uh, <laughs> side note, I thought about it. I, th- I thought about going, telling them, okay, I'm ready to come back to work to see how far along the process I got. Then I realized I gave up my hack license here in New York. I can't do it. So, uh, oh, you uh, did give up the hack license. Yeah, yeah. That's I, right. the, I, think, I, I think I remember you saying. Yeah, we talked about that. To do that. Yeah. So, so all right. So she's she's getting all up and up and bothered. I again, it's also a situation where people wait till uh, they're shaving it down to the last couple of minutes of calling for a car. Lord knows, I had that happen enough times over the years. You know, oh, sure. You know, oh, I've only got 20 minutes to get to the airport. You maybe should have called a little sooner. You know, and it's not one of those situations where I'm the third car to get the call or anything like that. Heck, I had people flag me down and then try to blame me for them being late. What? What? I was driving down the street. 
you're the one who I don't know what happened in your life before we met. A quick story. Before they uh, renovated, completely redid Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport some 30-some-odd years ago, the main entrance to the airport, <clears throat> excuse me, there was a railroad crossing. You literally had a railroad gate that would come, you know, trains went by. So I get a dispatch. It's probably my first, second year of driving. And the gentleman gets in, businessman, suit and tie and all that. He's going to the airport. And again, this is the 80s, so running late is... <sighs> People treated planes like the bus. So we get to the airport, ding, 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 the gates come down, and we're first. So here comes the northbound train, and this guy is doing backflips. I got to catch my flight. Hey, what can I do? There's, you know, the northbound train comes by, and then comes the southbound train. We must have sat there 15 minutes. Waiting for two trains. And he's screaming and yelling. And you know, I said, hey, man. He says, no, no, no. You you were there within a couple of minutes. You did your job. Said, okay. He says, I, I may have to give it some more time. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. You know, I mean, it was odd that the two trains came by. But but a lot of people still cut it, cut it too close. They don't take into account you may run into a little traffic. You may run into who knows what you... You know, you got to give yourself about a 30-minute pad, you know, to. So did last week, did we talk about what I had figured was a uh, a good per mile rate if you're out there uh, driving no. anything, even what I do? So I sat down and crunched a few numbers. And? I'm, I, I'm not a well-known mathematician, but I, I, I did uh, I did crunch a few numbers, and I well, figured let's do let's say this: your math certainly can't be any worse than your reading. Oh, did I did I did I show you what happened to my uh, to my finger? By the way, anyway, just in time <laughs> for our guest to arrive. Yeah, this is just uh... hi, Shannon. Oh, hi. Hi. <laughs> I didn't know I was on. <laughs> oh, of course. Hey, we don't waste our, we don't waste any time here. Uh, please, uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna still want to finish up with what we're talking about sure. here, uh, real quick. Um, so I figured it out, and actually, to tell you the truth, it, it's funny that Shannon come on because uh, it was this was some of the things I learned uh, from her father as far as how to. Uh, analytically judge if I'm having a decent day or, or, or not. Um, so I figured it out at, at today's money, I figured it out that for every mile that you are behind the wheel of your vehicle, you need to be making at least $1.20 per mile. That you that you're out there on the road. All right. Now, as much as I would like to get deeply into this, I think it would be very rude to our guests. So that no, means I so like this because you know I grew up with my dad in the transportation right. business, and he actually in 2013 or 2016 he received a a, a plaque from the city of St. Paul, or uh, the St. Paul Minneapolis commissioner um, at the airport for uh, like the best business. 
Okay. I, and I, then Uber came. Uh, well, believe me, that's why I'm sitting <laughs> where I am today. Literally. Literally. That's a dollar twenty a mile does not sound unreasonable. Uh, <clears throat> I haven't I haven't pumped the numbers in a long time. I used to have all those numbers sitting right right at my fingertips because uh, because of what I was doing. But yeah, a dollar twenty sounds at the very least. But you got to remember, you've you've got you got Uber and Lyft, or you know they're taking in what the whopping thirty thirty nine cents a mile, or or some, you know something like that. It's like fifty something cents a mile, but that's just their paid. That's just their paid miles. That doesn't account right anything for the miles that they're they're burning when right. they chase you and shannon knows what i'm talking about here when i use the geography but when they chase you from south minneapolis to apple valley to get a to get a ride or uh, or or if you have to run from uh from port everglades to uh to miramar so you don't know what that means either you know there you go <laughs> but the point is, is yeah all and and paid miles are are very uh very important. Of course they are, because we did, there's the other. There's only two types of miles: paid and unpaid. Well, <laughs> uh, that's good. And we what I have to deal with every. I know, weekly, right? At, a weekly basis. Am I wrong? Am <laughs> I wrong? wrong? You're right. All right, thank you, Shannon. You're right, <laughs> John. You don't. You don't no. want this to turn into another Bill Fancher thing where we just roll all over you and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, you know, because I, my dad probably expected one of us kids to take over his business someday. And we just retired 9 about a month ago. I take that that's a car and not a person. That, that was his, that was his car. That was his oh, okay. number 9 That was yeah. that, one of my first regular cabs, 9 It wasn't yep. cab 90, it was 9 yep. <laughs> he had this big box in the house and we had to do his, you know, uh, his, all his dispatching and uh when he was you know it, it was just it was weird growing up as a transportation child because i seen a lot more than the average person in the area that my dad raised us in you know because i got to see the city life and all these people stuck in these glorified neighborhoods don't didn't understand anything you know and so that's why i'm on the show today <laughs> <laughs> absolutely well, okay, let's let's go ahead and uh, I was I was to say the least a little bit stunned uh, when you put up on Facebook here about the uh, about what's happening to some of these encampments in uh, in Minneapolis about them actually coming through and actually bulldozing these yeah. encampments and I it, Give me some background on what's 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 actually going on with that. Okay, so um this goes back to when the Super Bowl. First of all, I need to give a plug to Feeding St. Paul because we're going to be out as Excel Energy. We do it for the people all free. We barbecue about for 200 people, and it all comes out of our pockets and our donors. So, yeah. So, um, is that today? Are you doing that? Today. Hmm. Yeah, every Sunday at noon from noon to two. Okay. Um, you know, we're starting to get a little pushback from the organizations, but this is where we stand stronger as grassroots 
And um, people say, well, you're not going to get enough donations for non, you know, it'd be nonprofit. But once you start being nonprofit, you actually can't do as much as you wanted to. It becomes an organization rather than the mission. Um, so when the Super Bowl came, um, our mayor, Minneapolis Mayor Jacob uh, Fry, and uh, he's younger than me. I could be his like the mom. Mayor of Uberville. Yeah. So what happened is when the Super Bowl came, you know, Minneapolis has always been kind of a star city. Population about 362,000 back then. They don't have the, the appropriate census for it. But um, so when that happened, we have a lot. We have the Guthrie Theater. We have all this stuff. And so they did not want the people coming in for the Super Bowl to look at us as um, as a state that has homelessness. So there used to be camps down by the river, you know, there was a few camps, not a lot. And what happened is they flushed everybody out of the camps and that's when it actually became more visible. And that's the history I know. Um, and it became more visible. Then, um, then what happened is we went through a scenario with the wall of forgotten natives in Tenth City. I don't wanna to get too much into depth because um, I did a lot of different kind of work in that. And so then it exploded after that. And once, cause people were coming from all over and um, so it exploded. And so what's happening now is we're having a hard time um, coming to terms with communication and comprehension of what this is all about and the sustainability of housing. Um, and a lot of these people where I always say it comes from trauma and with trauma, then you need to medicate yourself to find that love, that self love. And um, trauma can be many different things. And also we have veterans with PTSD, but um, so what happened is um, this, the, the city, they like to come by. Now realize these people have a tent, they call it their home. They bring all their personal belongings into their home. And so then the city starts the park board and starts start, you know, kind of getting on us. Like the community's complaining, there's trash around, there's needles around, there's all this stuff and all this um, environmental change around the encampments. Um, so then they, the city comes in with bulldozers at the encampment that I do and did a lot of work with, with um, a few other people. And KG, he's been doing this for Southside for a long time and Melissa, they, they really got their roots in the ground. And so what happens is this is so real one day, you know, we arranged to have the uh, encampment cleared by the 15th, on the 15th. And so there was a truck brought over and um, a big long trailer and they started um, loading up our, our relatives' um, belongings and homes and we were gonna move them. Um, but what happened in the meantime is they interceded that and they showed up with I think five dump trucks and then um, a bunch of bulldozers, you know, the bulldozers. And they just literally come and scoop and put it all in a pile, all these belongings. There could be medication in there, um, pictures of their family. They can be social security, birth certificate, uh, Minnesota state ID, SNAP card. Um, the only clothes they have on their back, um, you know, their food, everything uh, just gets pushed into a pile and then they just scoop it up and then they put it in a dump. Now, never once have I been told that these people have the right to find transportation down to one of the dump sites and start digging through it. 
They don't give opportunity for that. So what happens to us outreach people is we have to start over from zero. And so when we work with the camps, first of all, you have the campers coming in. And then um, second of all, you try to, you know, you get the, all the kickbacks from the community. So you try to explain to the community about these people, but the community doesn't always want to walk over and have conversations and find out why they got from A to B to C. And right now we have a high um, population of our Native American Indian uh, people that come from uh, Lakota, they're Lakota, Dakota. We have Ho-Chunk, we have um, people from Pine Ridge. Um, and honestly, you know, um, we have to find a copper, you know, at this point, um, 2016, 17, 18, 19, 2021, five years later, we have to start getting on the officials and that would be, I believe us grassroots need to stand strong and, you know, we need to um, stop these sweeping, you know, the sweeps, we call them sweeps from happening because it's their whole life that is um, gone in a minute. So then, you know, for like us outreach, um, what we have to do is, so I spent all day yesterday and I'm gonna get back out there today, um, uh, getting donors to supply um, more stuff. So we moved the encampment, but now it's out in the open and it's dangerous to be out in the open um, because there's uh, things that happen when we can't watch the encampment. Um, we have our women get raped, our women get prostituted, um, people that are fighting sobriety, the drug dealers come in and they start, you know, hustling and sweet talking. And next thing you know, um, they're back into drugs. Um, you know, we have an epidemic of, I would say, I'm going to pass by opiates right now and I'm going to go straight to um, meth and um, heroin. Um, this I see is one of our biggest things right now. And so people wonder why these people, they go by the camps and they yell, you know, get a life, get this, get this. So for one, let's say you were born and you're born on a reservation and all of a sudden you get molested at the age of three by your uncle. Um, and then all of a sudden your mom's off drinking because she's dealing with residential boarding um, trauma that her family, you know, has been separated. And then, um, then you have physical abuse. You see your alcoholic father beating your, you know, your mom. Um, and then next thing you have to do is you have to start taking care of your parents. That's just one example. Um, the system has failed our Native American Indians that are in the urban area. I'm not going to speak for the tribes right now on the reservations. That's a different subject. Um, but I want to challenge the system um, and I want to challenge uh, the Minneapolis area. And we're having a lot of disputes over there of, you know, even our own people are saying you can't have that encampment. But where are these people going to go? They're, you shuffle them out and then they're going to go sit on a corner. We need to come up with a solution. And I have a friend who drew up a blueprint and it's a, it's a tiny city um, with tiny homes. If the one in St. Paul got to make it, why can't we, why can't we find people to, to sponsor that? But what we need at the camps right now, because they're so dangerous is we need security. Um, we have different cultures mixing in. We never want to be biased or racial, but the thing is, is that, what people keep forgetting is our land was taken from us. And the city of Minneapolis is Dakota land. And when the Dakotas went to South Dakota and you know during the uprising and stuff, they became Lakota. 
But the thing is, is if you go back to your history book and go to the library and look at the actual mapping of Minneapolis, you'll see teepees all over. Now, the Dakota, they live in the teepees and the Anishinaabe live in the wigwams. And so then you look at the style of what happens to them, they end up back in a tent. And some people with trauma can't be in four walls. They can't, they're dealing with so much in here. All they know every day is how to survive. And by, you know, being in that community with people that, like yourself, you know, um, all dealing with the same thing, that becomes your family. And then when the tents come through and get swept away, they all get scattered back out. But, you know, there's, there's a couple of people on Southside that are really committed um, along with myself to make sure that we got these campers over to the area we're at right now, which is out in the open. I just don't like that. Um, and then uh, Shannon, I want to, new tents. I want to, I want to break in and actually ask you a couple of questions about this. Mm -hmm. First off, geographically speaking, where was this? Cause I didn't see, I didn't see this specifically. Okay. So that was over. What happened is um, because they got, three times before were kicked out of um, public lots. Um, uh, the last three times, you know, in the last one. Yeah, right. the other ones were parks and we were trying to get on native land. And so what happened is um, they got moved over to 30th and 29th in South Minneapolis off of Hiawatha, if you go down left. Hmm. It's an Ethiopian lot that is vacant and they use it from what I understand once a year for ceremonial. It's private land. And the reason why we put they got put on private land is because that way they couldn't come in and sweep right away. It had to be the landowners that called the shots. So there was some negotiation and bargaining. They, we stayed there for a few months. But then um, the thing is, is they, it's an Ethiopian lot that was vacant. They use it once a month. It's on Dakota land, if you really think about it. So what we want from the city or our tribes or something is we want to be get allocated some, some functioning land that we can secure and gate off. And yeah, you know, other, all the cities have 10 cities. Let's not, let's, let's work with the people. Let's give them a place. Let's make it secure. Let's get services in there. Start talking about trauma. Um, I yesterday last night I was at the camp until 1:45 in the morning doing security, and the mm -hmm. thing is, is we have young, 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 young women and boys in there. I could be their grandma, you know, and so they're so vulnerable right now. These aren't the the original homeless that they used to clarify as bum back in the 80s, you know. These are young children that are traumatized and addicted, and so we're just taking care of their needs. We're not. They're not, we're not giving them like the best life possible, but we're delivering necessities of socks and underwear. And, but the thing is, we just did that at that camp and the city came and took everything that we just brought in there. You know, these are thousands of dollars of supplies, thousands. Um, a donor paid $700 yesterday to buy seven tents for, for the people that got lost their tents yesterday. And then, you know, we had to go out and buy all new socks, all new underwear, all new, you know, everything, toothpaste, toothbrush, you know, it's, they can't go get their medicine. The doctor is going to say, why do you need another prescription? Your, my tent's been swept three times this month. So, I mean, to identify and address the underlying issues, um, first of all, we need to allocate some land and then we need to secure it with security. And then we need to make some rules and we need to be obligated and committed to get people to stand with us. And the next time the city comes, we actually need to um, hold our own, you know, until Jacob comes and the, and the 
and the council members sit like the old style. What we do with our chiefs and stuff is we have a talking circle. You get a stick or a feather and you get two minutes. So what I would like to see is a panel set up and I want to be on the opposite side. I want I want to be the one, but I want them to be respectful and listen. They never listen. They say, email me. I've been trying to get a hold of Jacob forever. And I used to, I've seen Jacob. I've, I, I've, at one time, I almost had a personal relationship with him, you know, as far as um, uh, the city goes. But he don't listen. He just straight out don't listen. And I think I told him that when I seen him at the, uh, I seen him out just in the public. And I get him every time, but I, I think he really needs to listen again. We lost too many. And being out in the open, we're going we're gonna to lose more people, more people's children. Um, but the sweeping of the tents is like um, what's happening in transportation right now. It's devastating. Humans. Yeah. Well, you know, I saw I this. I was, looking, I was just looking at your, uh, uh, some on your, when I was scouring for the video I was uh, looking for. I saw uh, I saw a story out of Denver that you had posted up on your page, and I thought this was kind of interesting for Denver. Now, Denver, the only problem with having a permanent tent city, and that's basically what they got in Den in Denver. There is a small uh, tent city. I don't know. I forget how many people that that actually held, but it looked like it was, and it wasn't just tents. These were actually fishing, like the kind that you put out on. Uh, out on the ice. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, I see that the Constitution and the human rights, one of the, I think it's, I forget if it's uh, 26 or something, uh, the right 26 or whatever, but um, you have the right to shelter. It doesn't say what kind of shelter. The government, the United States took our land and so with that being said, you think they would allocate us something so we can prosper off of it, you know? I mean Well, there, there needs there there needs to there needs to be something. There's absolutely because this is what they're going through now and when what uh, with the whole idea, okay. I understand. Okay, if they had to be if they had to move if for whatever reason, if that was on private property and finally that got claimed, you know. I understand, but just to, to just coldly go in there with a, there has to be a better way. Than there is a better way. There is a better way, but why? See, the thing is, it's money. Why give up? You know how much it costs for the city to come in and sweep? $6,000 probably at the minimal that the taxpayers oh, are paying, you know, up yeah. to 10,000. That heavy equipment ain't cheap. I mean, yeah, you know, and, and, um, you know, there is a solution, and that's what us grassroots people want to come forth with. I love the organizations. They're there to do their job. They're under grants. They can only do so much. But my voice matters right now because I, I'm seventh generation and eighth generation. We're supposed to um, heal the land, you know, and we're supposed to take care of the people. But we are entitled to shelter, and our voices need to be heard. It's not today. It's not tomorrow. It was yesterday. They needed to hear, where is, where are they? These people are, it's so dangerous. The tents are so close to the road. Last night I seen this lady. She was laid over in the street after, she, you know, she was high. And if these, if these don't, if they don't get love, it's like the, the walking zombies, you know, I love my people. 
I love people. But what I don't like, and I think it's time to uprise in the right way, is, is the humanity issue. Why are we across borders helping people when we are in such crisis right now? And the Native American flag is our flag. The, the United States flag is our flag. You know, we gave it, Custer stole it, we, you know, from us, we gave it back. You know, we won the war, um, but they're trying to kill us out. Let's go to what just happened in Canada. Um, over 1500 children found underneath. They wonder why we are, we're cultured. We're not religious. I believe in the higher power. What happened is devastating because these are my relatives. I come from that bloodline and I'll show you just in a minute. Um, and we just discovered that over 1500 children's bodies were, were found underneath Catholic churches. And the, every Catholic church residential boarding school, every residential boarding school is, they're finding bodies of children. Now out in Rosebud, they just buried, they had, they've just buried, they carried all these caskets in of these babies' bodies. And so what we're finding them all over. And so now the thing is, is we want the United States to give us that right to start going under the Catholic churches. Our children are missing, our people are missing. Um, so this right here is, um, this is why I do what I do for my people right here. This one right here, this is my, I'm named after this guy right here. You can't see it, but William Bassett, my, my, my this is my grandpa. He was born on the Cass Lake Reservation, Leech Lake Reservation back in May 12th, 1887. And I got the privilege to sit with him as a child and he fed me lemon drops. He spoke his language. Um, his daughter, who is my mom's mom, and she's right here, Elvina Bassett. This is how long this has been going on though. This is my mom, mom's mom, Elvina Bassett. She was murdered on September 15th in 1972. Can't see it up. Um, but she was murdered. She's she's a, a Anishinaabe Ojibwe, murdered over by the Drake Hotel off of Fifth Avenue. And nobody was convicted for her murder. It was her boyfriend who was a Caucasian. Nobody to this day. And the last witness was six months old who reached out to me. And he just died. Charles Stately III was, was six months old when that happened. And nobody, I didn't know all that. It just came out in my family's life when we, my dad's basement flooded and a suitcase came out. My family, they, they didn't talk about this. You didn't talk about that stuff. But now that I know, I need to do something about it. And she needs to be honored like that. Now I know why my family has trauma. I know why I have trauma, you know, and I have, um, you know, I, it's just like, this is where it starts. How you're treated as a child, what you don't have as a child. I do psychology with children. And the thing is, is that the more you're born, if you're not hugged for every wrong mistake you do, that's trauma. You know, your um, cortisone levels every morning you wake up are raising. And as you go through your day, your cortisone levels go down. So by lunchtime, the normal person, they're feeling like, oh, I'm getting tired. I want to nap. So the ones that have trauma, they're always up here with their cortisone. It doesn't know how to balance. And finally, it just the, the HIPAA compass in your brain that regulates that stuff doesn't um, work. So then we end up living a lifestyle of trauma. We tra traumatize our children. 
And then we end up homeless. Homeless isn't always by choice. Um, homelessness isn't always because of a financial reason. Um, but what they're doing by sweeping the camps is wrong. And I would never, I would put more my problems. job. More problem. Yeah, this I would put my more... job. I, I, I couldn't, I could not do that to somebody. It's like a tornado ripping down your house. You're so mad at that storm. You know, it's like your house being burnt down. You can never replace the items in a house fire. You know, they're gone. And so this is like what it is when somebody's home gets swept in an encampment. It's, uh, I couldn't sleep the other night. You know, I go to work Monday through Friday. Then I'm really starting to seriously decide if I want to, um, you know, give up what I do, but I do, you know, I just really think it's time to step out of the box and get fully into what I'm doing here because the, it's so needed. And if we don't have people like me, KG and Melissa and some other ones, it's never gonna change. And my uncle, uh, Mishkop Benensi, who was the spiritual pipe keeper for the Northern area up in White Earth and he passed in 2008. Um, he always told me, you know, there's going to come a time your people are going to need you and use your voice. You're a strong Ogichida uh, Kwe, which is a warrior. So um, this is like an endless topic, <laughs> you know, but I can show pictures and stuff. We always keep the people private, um, you know, but I think it's if people ever like everybody ran down to Chicago and Lake for the looting, I need to see it. Well, what you need to see is what's going on right here in Minneapolis on the corner of Franklin and Cedar, you know, mm. started out in the eighties as two signers, you know, mm. three signers. And now every corner, you can't drive a corner. And since the encampments changed on Friday, we have garbage, we have needles, we have people passing out on the sidewalk. And, and I respect that because I care about them and I'm not gonna lecture them. I'm not gonna tell them it's wrong. That's why we need a camp, an encampment where we can start organizing and getting services in. And people with well, life experience. Medical, especially, yeah, life experience. That's very life true. Experience. But you know, you, you do need, you do need medical. You do need, yep. people need a, a place to go for, uh, you know, maybe to help with some of the addictions and stuff like this. People, these people need help. They don't need uh, persecution. They don't need to have their, what little of their possessions that they have ripped out of the ground and whatnot and, and dumped into a damn dumpster or into a dump yeah. truck or whatever. Yeah. They, need, they need help. And yeah. this is, this is, you're absolutely right when it comes to Mayor Fry. I well, Let's put it this way. I didn't care much for him as he ran for mayor. I have my I have my own theory on how suddenly he got his big war chest for uh, to be able to uh, win the uh, mayoral election. Yeah, uh, and I think that money is actually starting to dry up a little bit. So yeah, maybe maybe I'll, one could yeah. hope that yeah one could hope that the, maybe we get some new leadership in here in Minneapolis because oh. there are a lot a lot of things that need to be taken care of here. Well, he knows me because every time I see his post come through my timeline, I'll put a picture of what we're going through. You know, I had a bullet in my driveway the other day 
it, why is it so common? Why are we in North Minneapolis supposed to think it's so common to hear gunfire every night and fireworks going off till 2.30 in the morning? Because the people, like, they, you know, there's more people on people, but to wake up on 4th of July and find a bullet in your driveway, you mm. know, that's too close to my home, you know, and I went out my house one day and there was two people in a car shooting up heroin in my driveway, you know? So, you know, people need to really stop walking with your blinders on and stop living like the Joneses. We all have problems. Let's start addressing it. If you don't address it, you know what? Someday it's going to happen to your children. You exactly. can come from a house of a million dollars and you're going to actually have a more of a drug child than, than somebody living in Tenth city, because you know what? That's what they call a closet user. I was a closet user, you know? It doesn't go away just because you stick your head in the sand. Yeah, it doesn't go away. So, you know, (laughs) I hope I don't get off subject. You know, I really don't. You're good. And we're going to do this again sometime. We're getting up close to our top of the hour for our break time. So I want to thank you so much for for coming in and talking to us about this. Um, I do on my own segment, though. I want to work something out with you. Somebody asked me if I would do YouTube, but I don't think that I'm, I, I want to really connect out further. And on my Facebook, I don't have the right source of people. They're great people. But the thing is, is I really want to learn how to market to the right target areas. Well, here's something I want you to keep in mind. I I want you to think about. We have a very good friend on, uh, on WCCO radio. Uh, Shaletta Brundage, and I would like to get the two of you together because I think that uh, uh, she does a show every Saturday at 11 o'clock our time um, where she could really get, uh, she could really do a lot of good things for you there. She has a lot of outreach, uh, a lot of respect in the community and what have you. Uh, We all love her to death here on, on this show. And um, we would, uh, I'd like to get the two of you together here. So let me reach out to her. Sure. If I can't make this happen. Okay. But, hey, uh, I wanted to do something last time, but before we go, can I do something? Well, you can do anything really you want. Okay. Because we're all in square boxes. Here's a story. Oh, no, 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 no. Of a lovely <laughs> Oh, no, no. Goodbye, Shannon. Goodbye. Goodbye. You like that? You were, you were doing fine right up till then. And besides, we need, we need six I more people. To... We need six more people to do it right. <laughs> I wanted to do that, but I appreciate you and the creator brought us all together for purpose. All right. Thanks a lot. You have a good one. Take care. Thank you. Off to the feed. There you Bye. go. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye now. Bye. Oh, I'm gonna take well, seven five four seven five four eight zero zero chat seven five four eight zero zero two four two eight is a number if you want to call in. Unfortunately, that won't probably be until hour number two. And by the way, just in case anybody's uh, wondering, I, yeah, while you didn't see my mug up on the screen, I was connected the entire time. I was listening. I was. Oh, he was. He he was there. I. It was once in a while you could see him kind of. No, 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 no. I, was, uh, no. I, I leaned back. I'm not going to lie. I was relaxing. But uh, since I wasn't on camera, uh, and John and John and uh, Shannon were uh, taking care of things. But anyway, once again, Shannon, thank you for, 
for spending some time with us and uh, hopefully we'll be able to work something out and get your message out there to a little bitty 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 wider audience and with that it's time to take a little break here yes it is well, that's, that's, different. that's different music and that kind of caught me off guard but okay uh, we'll see you here in a few minutes you're listening to the taxi stand I'm radio PF5 found the taxi stand hour the worst talk radio i've ever heard in my life on radio tfi join the conversation you can reach the guys at 754-800-CHAT, 754-800-2428, on Twitter, at Taxi Standard. from a payphone, call collect. The following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. <laughs> Mickey Mouse office. Mr. Mouse? <laughs> uh, who's it? It's Michael Eisner. Hey, Michael Eisner? Hey, <laughs> Hold on a second. Why are you doing answering my phone, Rima? Uh, sorry, boss. It's Donnie Osmond. Donnie Osmond, what do you want? It's, it's Michael Eisner, sir. It's not Donnie Osmond. It's Michael Eisner, the past president. <laughs> oh, boy, Eisner. Good morning, sir. How I'm are you? I'm almost done with you, pal. Sir? I was looking at the ratings for this nightmare you had us going through. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. What a smashing success, sir. What? That thing was in the toilet. It was unbelievable. If you break down the demographics. You know what, Eisner? Say that I'm just happy it's over. Sir, I believe the second go-around will be much better. The second go-around? You must be on crack. We're not doing that thing again. Why do you want to bring that back? Because the first time around, you barely missed toppling the entire network? Well, 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 sir, it's already done. What do you mean it's already done? Nobody ever told me it was already done. Hang on. Remus! I'm on the phone with... Remus! Yeah, boss. What the hell are you doing? Running some conduit, boss. Do it quietly, Remus. That's not quiet enough, Remus. That bluebird stinks like an armpit. Sir, our May sweeps will be amazing. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here, too. Instead of 15 nights, 40 straight nights. 40 nights of I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. You're killing me. And the celebrities, 10 times better. Oh, my God. We got... Hold on. Remus? Remus? Yeah, boss. Take the harmonica. Slide it up your back end. Walk it out. All right, boss. All right. We've got Bernie Capel. Who? Bernie Capel, the doctor from the Love Boat. Oh, for heaven's sakes, he hasn't worked since he did the Stop Snoring Spray commercial. We've got a real hottie, 
Adrian Barbeau. Oh, my God. She's terrible. And someone I know you'll love, Billy Bush. Wait a minute. Is that the president's annoying nephew? That's the one. Oh, for heaven's sake. You, you can't put him on there. And the... Hold on. Oh, yeah. Remus! Remus! I can't hear you, boss. I'm good. Remus, I'm on the phone. Can't hear you, boss. Stop drilling! What are you making? Making a new credenza, boss. What's wrong with my old credenza? Your shellac am shot. My shellac am shot? Well, we definitely have some major A-listers, sir. Uh, We've got Scott Bakula uh -huh. and Leonard Nimoy. Even Remus doesn't remember Leonard Nimoy. Sure I do, boss. Remus, I wasn't addressing you. Sorry, boss, but he was from Father Knows This. Oh, <laughs> my God. I'm surrounded by idiots. Hey, Remus, I thought I told you to put that harmonica off your butt. Sorry, I farted, boss. Oh, don't fart in the office, Remus. <laughs> Uncle Remus, so he did. <laughs> Wrecked him. Damn near killed him. Exactly. Good, good, good morning once again, everybody. You are listening to the Taxi Stand Hour on Radio TFI and on the Radio TFI streaming network. Once again, from the Radio TFI. Ex yeah. I could do that backwards one of these days. You know what? Thank thank goodness we do this. Uh, we don't we don't do this live. I know. Do, right? do another take. Uh, do another take. From, from the Northern Command Studio in Egan, Minnesota. I'm John Shannon, and from Queens, New York, still stuffing his still stuffing his face there on live TV. <laughs> it is the one and only Ed Vadness. Good morning. Good morning, Good morning kids and kittens. Yes, I am enjoying a blueberry pop tart. That's some fine eating. We even um, toast them before you start. Hell no! What are you a communist? Oh come on! Yeah, at least you at least have them warm. No, 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 no. Oh goodness! Gotta have that blueberry that blueberry filling nice and hot, burning no, no. your mouth. Hang on, I'm. In. Let me do my thing, okay? You just just stand by. Where was I? Let me start from the top. Give me the intro again. Introduce me oh. again. Oh, good Lord. And now, ladies and gentlemen, from Queens, New York, here's I ask for so little, and I get so little <laughs> and, I, and I give you what you want you give me exactly I'm what still... I asked for exactly <sighs> good morning kids and kittens welcome back hour two we just had a fascinating discussion with the lovely and talented uh, Shannon uh, at the end of hour one we got some more goodies coming up here we uh, we got a we, we're gonna try and squeeze in a double shot of Keith Oberman uh, uh, we, it's all baseball related this week and uh, and some other goodies we're going to talk about. Uh, John will say something at some point that may or may not make sense. Stay tuned. You'll you don't want to miss that. In case he does make sense, which 
smart money. Vegas says no, but... By the way, the renovations are coming along nicely here at the Executive Tower and 56 days till pro football is back. And by the way, we have not worked one one syllable on the rules for the new John versus Ed versus the Rubes versus the spread or whatever the hell we're going to call it. <laughs> I can't wait. Not a syllable. Not a letter. Nothing has been done. Seven five four eight zero zero chat seven five four eight zero zero two four two eight. If you want to call in here to the live uh, broadcast, you can also uh, get a hold of us on Twitter at Taxi Stand Hour. You can send a message through the uh, streaming network, as some people do, and we appreciate every each and every one. Yeah, we do. Uh, so and. Uh, and let's go ahead. Wait a second. And and what? How else can they get a hold of us? Oh, Jesus! If you can find a payphone somewhere in this country, call collect. That's right. He he will pay. Will cover the charges. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. So. Anyway, uh, why don't we go ahead and unroll that double shot of uh, Keith here. Uh, well, we'll unroll one for now. Okay. And then we'll uh, we'll play it from there. Whether or not you meant to watch baseball's all-star game, and who am I to judge you, remember that Saturday night police uncovered a stash of 16 long guns, body armor, and a 1,000 rounds of ammunition in a Denver hotel room near where the game was to be played. And then the FBI said they had no reason to believe this was connected to the All-Star Game, and a lot of people relaxed and took this as good news, as if it's somehow okay that four people had stashed long guns, ammo, and body armor for any purpose other than shooting up the All-Star Game, like it was Las Vegas 2017, as if that's the way it's supposed to be, as if anybody should have a thousand rounds of ammo and body armor, and they could then ask their Denver hotel for a room with a balcony for whatever reason. So think about the All-Star Game. Think about the Denver weapons stash a block away, which was either an interrupted All-Star Game mass shooting or an interrupted non-All-Star Game mass shooting. And consider again the holy Second Amendment to the Constitution and ask yourself this question. Why doesn't the Second Amendment have the word own in it? Why does it not say the right to own guns or in any synonym for own? Why does it just say a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed? Keep and bear, not own. Keep doesn't mean own. Bear doesn't mean own. Yet by the same kind of logic that made lots of us breathe sighs of relief because maybe nobody meant to shoot up the fans at the All-Star Game, our nation has been covered neck high in this bullshit that the Second Amendment makes gun ownership not only legal but sacrosanct. 103 times the Constitution uses words like ownership, value, purchased, receipts, property, private property, but not once does it do so in the Second Amendment, because the Second Amendment isn't about gun ownership, it's about regulation of state militias. Yet thousands of us die every year buried under this same bullshit, the same bullshit that says if the thousand rounds of ammo in the Denver hotel room wasn't there to kill baseball fans, that somehow that's good news.
Muted. Uh, if you're trying to say something, Ed, you're just not coming through here. <laughs> oh. Anyway, I, I I was saying that's a point I hadn't I hadn't I wasn't aware of that the word own yeah. isn't in that Second Amendment. I've always believed it was about a militia and all that. It had nothing to nothing to do with individual uh, gun ownership, and it's been it's been blown wildly out of proportion over the years. And um, but he he's not wrong. Why would somebody bring a thousand? Uh, to a hotel room. Yep. Exactly. What was the point? What was uh, in the FBI? What what a load of what a load of horseshit. Now I don't know if there was anything else going on uh, in Denver other than the All Star Game at that particular point in time. But what so what a load of horseshit that this wasn't somehow uh, this wasn't somehow in in. In, in tune or in touch. Yeah, but even if and it maybe, wasn't, even if maybe, it wasn't, maybe, like, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, maybe whoever did this intended on on getting caught, intended on seeing, having all this uh, armament discovered. Maybe they were trying to make a prove a point. You know, after all, the uh, the game got moved from Atlanta to Denver because of the draconian billing or uh, excuse me, voting uh, bills that had passed in Georgia. So it could have had something to do with that. Maybe there was no shooting intended. It was just something put there to be, to be seen. Cause let's face it. This is, you know, he didn't, nobody was hurt in this. So this is just going to be, if there's any, if there's any penalty at all, it'll just be a slap on the wrist. So. Right, right, but but it goes back to what Overman said. Even if it wasn't about the All Star Game, why? Who who brings a thousand rounds of ammo and long guns? Just to, to make a statement. That's all really what they did. I, what I, that I, I don't I don't believe that for a second. I don't, you, no. there are many ways you can make a statement. That's uh, anyway. Yeah, but not all of them make the national news. Well, you got a valid point. All right, let's let's uh, finish up with our Keith Oldman baseball type uh, streaming stuff, our All Star edition, uh, and we'll talk about this on the other side. It is time for all unvaccinated athletes to be removed from their teams. The first game after baseball's All Star break, the Red Sox at the Yankees, was canceled. At least six positives on the Yankees, including a player just back from the All-Star game. If the All-Star game was not a mini super spreader event, if it wasn't the COVID home run derby, we all lucked out. Just as if the upcoming Olympics aren't a full-scale super spreader disaster. For anybody but a player to get onto a baseball field now, they have to produce proof of vaccination and wear a mask because many players remain deliberately and even defiantly unvaccinated. It's the players who are now the risk to everybody else. This is madness. They are public figures. They are role models. And they are enabling this subculture of selfish, stupid, arrogant, dangerous vaccination refusers and vaccination conspiracy nuts to continue to help COVID-19 as it attempts to reclaim dominance in this country. Hell, Los Angeles County just reintroduced indoor mask mandates. Between the Delta variant and these idiots who won't get vaccinated, we are starting another wave. 
This message to the unvaccinated, the athletes especially, those of us who sacrificed and didn't whine and moan for a year are fucking fed up with your selfishness and your stupidity. If you want to catch this disease, if you want to die from it, ain't nothing we can do to stop you. Have fun. But you will not turn this country back into a place where the rest of us, who aren't morons and aren't afraid of either needles or science, have to walk around in fear for our own health or for yours. Even now, nobody will demand you get vaccinated, but the time has come. It's safe. It's free. If you still won't get it, fine. You don't get to come out here and ruin it for the rest of us, especially the vulnerable who really can't get the vaccine for health reasons. You don't get to go on the planes. You don't get to go in the malls. You don't get to go to the bars. And you, the unvaccinated athletes of America, you don't get suspended. You don't get fined. You just don't get to go into the stadiums and into the Olympics and ruin it for everybody else. Uh, well said. Yes. I think that's our new lead in here. As long as COVID's <laughs> coming back, I think that he, I think he can reflate, replace replace uh, uh, Professor Medley there. Perhaps, but, perhaps we'll, uh, we'll we'll have a meeting about that. We'll have a meeting about having a meeting. Yeah, there you go. It, he's he's absolutely right, and I am to the point. Of course, I shouldn't say I'm to the point because I felt this way all along. I'm. Hundred percent vaccinated. You're vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, why should we? Why should we really give two shits about these people who refuse to get vaccinated? Why should we care? Well, especially since a lot of them are suddenly now experts in science. Uh, well, I don't. I don't know what's in it. You don't know what's in a hot dog. You don't know what's in a cig- that cigarette you're smoking. You don't know what's in most things on this planet. And for you athletes out there, uh, especially your ball players, explain to me how a curveball works. It's all science. But you can't do no, that. It's, that, just... it's, that, it's that tiger or whatever stuff that they're using to make the, yeah, well, make the ball spin more. <laughs> look, look uh, the overwhelming majority of us have decided that this is the best course of action. Uh, and... Alberman's right. If you don't want to, if you don't want to get the uh, the vaccine, well, that's your choice. But I am I am f- fully on board with some kind of vaccine passport, if you will. Remember, uh, years ago, you, you couldn't get into any kind of a school, elementary, high high school, college, or otherwise, without proving that you'd been vaccinated against uh, um, smallpox and mumps and German measles, etc., etc., etc. There was your vaccine passport. I am, see, I am fully on board with the idea of an RFID chip. We do it with our pets. That we all get implanted with one that just has our medical information on it. Nothing else. Heaven forbid you drop, you drop on a sidewalk someplace in a city you don't know. Or you get mugged and they steal all your ID and all that. At the very least, when they go to the hospital, they can scan and see who you are and what your medical history is. Or at least basically what what drugs you you take and your interactions and all that. Uh, And this is something that can definitely be put on there. It's not an invasion of privacy, not as long as we have these damn phones in our pockets. Okay. Yeah, that, here, here, here's here's the number one right here. That's right. This bad boy knows everything about that, you. And where he are the culprits? Knows to? All about you. Yeah. 
And some of you are watching or listening to us right now on, on these devices. And you're not going to think twice about putting this in your pocket. You're letting John and I come into your little pocket. And trust me, you don't want to know what we're doing in there. <laughs> but I, I, seriously, enough is enough. If you don't want the vaccine, we'll, we'll set aside a little area for you. But yeah, he, he's right. Oberman is right. You shouldn't be allowed in the bars. You shouldn't be allowed. It's very simple. If you're afraid of needles, trust me, I hate needles. I despise needles. Here's, here's how I learned as a child to get past that. Look away, and by the time you feel it, it's over. Exactly. I never watch myself getting a shot or getting or when I get an IV put in. I never watch that because I hate needles. Absolutely hate needles. But, I, you know, did you see here on our little box, we got a, we got a laughing face. Ken, Ken Coons. Yeah. yeah I'm glad you're listening, Ken. Hey, Ken, do you, uh, have you been vaccinated? We wonder if Ken, this will be my new mission. If Ken Coons isn't vaccinated, I may just just uh, fly down to Texas and hold him down and, and poke him myself. No, you know what? I take I take the uh, I, I take the stance that uh, our own uh, Dr. Michael Osterholm here from University of Minnesota uh, he, he says he hell no he hasn't been uh, yeah. vaccinated. Well, I don't care anymore. I don't care. I'm vaccinated. I'm protected. You know, you're if, if you are not vaccinated and you haven't gotten sick yet, you know, well, you're you're playing with the house's money, I guess, is all I can say. And eventually eventually that's gonna go bye bye. And I, I don't care. But the only thing is is why why then if these people aren't getting vaccinated why they okay all of a sudden they get sick well you, you get sick go quarantine yourself go we're not going to provide you any damn health care. right right stay out of you. the hospitals because stay out of the hospital. because if you don't believe in the science then clearly you don't believe in hospitals and what are oh, they going to do for you so go home crack open a can of chicken soup or whatever but stay out of our hospitals. What what are the numbers now? Like ninety nine point something percent of COVID patients were unvac are unvaccinated. Yes. Current current COVID patients. Current hospitalizations and deaths. Right. Correct. Are unvaccinated. So there, did did it say did any of this say that you couldn't catch the no. virus if you were uh, no if you'd been vaccinated no. But it definitely what it, lessens severity. Right. If if you do contract COVID, exactly. But now we've got this Delta variant, which, look, at least I got something to fight the Delta variant with. Uh, you know, I was talking to somebody yesterday, and uh, they relate a story to me of somebody they know that had the vaccine and caught COVID anyway. But, again, it was like a lot of people have experienced, not the severe stuff. They feel crappy for a week, and then it more or less passes by, which is great, which is what you want. But keep in mind, yes, that's 99% of what happens too, but it's that other 1%. In this case, in this case, 
that 1% is the deadly 1%. And you can sit there in the abstract and go, well, it's only 1% of the population. But let's stop and think about that. What's 1% of the United States population? It's about... Come on, you're, you're, you're the math major here. Yeah, it's about <laughs> 3.5 million people. Yeah. That's 3.5 million people. We're not even there yet. Okay? That's 3.5 million people that we're talking about potentially get the worst part of it the worst of it you don't think that's gonna seriously impact our uh, our hospital system I, I, I mean come on you you we don't keep the fire extinguishers in the house for the fact that the odds of because we know we're probably not going to have a fire in our lifetime you keep it there on the off chance it does happen. We don't have safety regulations because things happen all the time. We have safety regulations to prevent them from happening all the time. And if we we always, I when I ran my business, I always ran it as if things were going to go horribly wrong and we needed to be prepared for that. I prepared for the worst days. And Plan then for the worst, hope for the best. And hope for the best. And that's what we're doing here. Look, I don't get the flu shot. I, 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 I happen to, because every time I have, I wind up being sick anyway, so I take my chances. But this ain't the flu. This yeah. ain't the flu. And again, you don't want to get, get the vaccination, that's fine. But you also need to be man enough then, that when you do, if you're one of these people that says, well, I don't know that much about it. You're never going to know enough about it. Unless you're a, 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 an immunologist, okay, unless this is what you do, you're never going to know anything about this other than it goes into your arm and and that's it. That's all you're ever going to know about it. But if you're, a, if you're a science denier, like we seem to be having an ever-growing number of, stay away from my hospitals then. Because if I get sick, I don't want to be lying in a room next to a guy who's going, well, I didn't get vaccinated because I didn't believe in it. Yeah, but you believe in that F and IV in your arm. You believe in these in these nurses and doctors coming by and all these medical techs coming by to keep your sorry, non-believing ass alive. You believe in all that now, don't you? What is it they say? There's no atheist in foxholes? Yeah, you'll change your opinion really fast when it's you. Mm-hmm. Tapping out. Well, there are already people. There are already people that are that are saying that uh, they've had people that have gotten sick. Fab one one woman was talking about her thirteen year old daughter who has who has who is fighting for her life. Right. She was one of these people that uh, uh, I'm not going to get my family vaccinated. I'm not going to get vaccinated. You know, they there were. She was one of these that uh, you know non non believers in the science, and now she's thinking, "Oh my God, I wish I had just listened." I saw a story. The problem that... is that I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, similar story. Uh, gentleman, uh, his uh, four of his five kids got the COVID. His wife got it, and because she had it, she lost the baby she was carrying. So and he was a they they were all oh, no we're not getting vaccinated uh uh-uh, uh no way no how now of course he's singing a different tune he's singing a different tune because now it's affected him personally guess what science doesn't give a flying rat's ass what you believe it's gonna keep science and on 
And some of the science is bad. That's why we need the good science to counteract it. And and again, well, Fauci said this, science is all about making mistakes. You make mistakes to learn. Very rarely do they get it right the first time. Okay. Very, very rarely. Think about yourself. Anything you've ever learned in, to do in your life. You didn't do it perfectly the first time. You didn't walk the first time. You fell down on your on your big diapered ass. You didn't ride a bike the first time. If you didn't have training wheels, there was somebody running along next to you. And you crashed into trees. And don't tell me you didn't because I know you did. And we didn't wear helmets at the time. So you're just as loony as the rest of us. Ooh, which reminds me. We got to talk about Space Jam before I forget. Uh, but... Again, if, you, if you're if you doing this I don't believe in science nonsense, then you need to leave this civilization. Why? Because everything we do is science-based. The fact that you can hear me now is science-based. The fact that you eat every day, the fact that you breathe is based in science. The fact that you drive your car, everything you do is based on science. There have been improvements over the years. Uh, if you want to go back to eating plants and living with the dinosaurs, well, maybe science can whip up a time machine for you. But don't give me this, oh, I don't, I don't believe in the science. You know, science is not there for you to believe in. Okay? It is there. It is, it is a fact. Science is a fact. Good, bad, or indifferent. Some things are bad for us. And what proved that to us? Science. Yeah. So, and and everything that's good, bad, or indifferent for us. What proved it? Science. Science. Nice lead in. I I saw you there Thank looking you. for that. Thank you. It's right there. I can, I can, I can, I can get to it really fast. Although it took me about a minute to realize. Oh crap! I got this drop. I got to get in there. So. Yeah. There you go. But seriously, no. I, I, I mean that sincerely. I don't want to see anybody get sick. I don't want to see anybody die. I don't want, well, there's a short list, but uh, but seriously, kids, stop with this. I don't buy the science. You don't know the science, okay? When you can explain to me, when you can explain it to me in real scientific terms, what it is about this that you don't believe in which again which is the wrong word believe is not the word you don't understand the science say that i freely admit i don't understand the science but guess what in this case i don't need to understand it i i'm i i'm feeling pretty good that that uh, since millions of people are dying across the globe i don't really think this is some kind of plot again yeah. to track us down and again Stick that phone. If you're not going to leave it in a new pocket, then stick it up your ass and see how the science feels. Put it on vibrate first. <laughs> seven five four eight zero zero chat seven five four eight zero zero two four two eight. Cards and letters. You, uh, yeah, card. Well, exactly. Hey, I, I I told I'm a little different from you on this. Like I said, I, I'm to the point where I don't care. Mm -hmm. I'm vaccinated. My family's vaccinated. My loved ones are vaccinated. If you don't want to, if you don't want to get a uh, vaccination, just stay the hell out of the hospital. I, yeah, I don't that's, care. That's where because I am. Because I might yeah. get involved in a car accident. I might something might happen to one of my family that's not COVID related. I need that hospital bed. That for is those that, because I, I'm I'm oh. with the science. 
Exactly. Uh, speaking speaking of science, I could ch- you want to see the scar on my chest that proves science is viable? I don't know what the, I didn't know what the hell they were going to do once they got in there, but I kind of went with it. John's got oh, don't you take your shirt off? It's bad enough I did, but my, again, my, my little toy that I have in here—that's right. Explain to me how it works, John. You can't. I do know one thing What's about that? it. What's that? I didn't realize. Well, this is this is not only a pacemaker, but it's a defibrillator. Right. So if he has a heart Which, attack, I go if I go into cardiac arrest. This thing throws off a lot of electricity. Let's just put it that way. Right. So let me, I want to be able to, the, the day that I meet you, I want to go into cardiac arrest so I can shake your hand and give us both a jolly. You're a giant hand buzzer. You're a giant hand buzzer. And you are absolutely right. You're going to be screwed if you ever get tased. Oh, my God. Oh, I don't even want to know about that. But again, it's uh, yeah, John, you're right. I agree with you 100. percent Stay out of stay out of my hospitals, okay? Stay out of my hospitals because you don't quote unquote believe in the science. And, uh, and you th- all hospitals are. That's right. They might be named. They might be named Saint Luke's or Saint Joseph's or Saint Bonaventure or Our Lady, whoever. Our Lady of Perpetual Motion. There you go. Uh, but uh, when it comes right down to it, it's all it's all science. That's right. And uh, so, so speaking anyway. of speaking of a bunch of science, uh, yeah, we got a couple more. Uh, we got a couple more videos here. This is more just kind of a uh, just a, a, as a public service. Oh, we got to play this one first here. This is. This is your girlfriend, uh, uh, Lauren Bobbitt, speaking of of anti-science. The easiest way to make the Delta variant go away is to turn off CNN and vote Republican. Don't come knocking on my door with your Fauci outie. Stretchers, row after row. Don't come knocking on my door with your Fauci outie. My mom's gone, you know, and then I'm grieving for my mom, and I just think, oh, I'm going to go tell Dennis, and then... Dennis is gone. These families have to live after this and the heartache that goes so far and so wide. A once unimaginable milestone in the COVID pandemic, 600,000 deaths. Hey, Lauren Boebert, why don't you tell the families and tell the children of the 600,000 dead that it's just a Fauci ouchie? Six hundred thousand deaths. That's your girlfriend. This is not a political matter. And the people need to understand that this is not a political matter. And we haven't mentioned his name in a couple of weeks, and I'm not going to mention it now. But the former guy, you know, the twice impeached guy, uh, he started this. He oh, started yeah. this. You, we you were going to ask You mean this guy, right? I know that you have had some time to reflect on what took place on that day, January 6th. It was a very mild-mannered speech. We're going to walk down to the Capitol. Yeah. 
Because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength. Spirit and faith and love. There was such love at that rally. You're going to die tonight. And they were peaceful people. These were great people. You want to fight? You better believe. Terrorists dragging the officer down the stairs beating and stomping and smashing him with a pole flying the American flag. And I mentioned the word love, the love in the air. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, that guy. That uh, courtesy, by the way, if you were listening uh, uh, and not uh, didn't have the benefit of the video, was from uh, MidasTouch.com. So, yeah. yeah. By and, the way, the, go ahead. No, go ahead. The the Trump love fest here continued uh, uh, last uh, last week here at uh, yet another uh, CPAC. Didn't didn't they just have one just a couple couple of months before back in like last February or something yes. like that? Yes. So we got to have another one now. Well, you got you got to uh, you know give the give uh, Caesar his due. That's it. You got you got to cheer the uh, Fuhrer. Yeah, there you go. So at this at this uh, uh, clown show. Apparently they were passing out some uh, form of uh, some, I don't know what it was, some card that uh, stated how Donald Trump will be put back into power. Right, right. By August 13th? Well, no, that's the pillow guy that says that. Well, that, could, that, well, that coincidentally that coincidentally is the anniversary of my heart attack, so that would be. Yeah, and that's when I'm leaving to. Uh, oh, look at that! Go it's to a big... Kansas City. Oh wait a minute! I'm like, uh, that's a Friday, Friday the thirteenth. Yeah, there you go. Right, and yeah, on top of that, Friday the thirteenth. No, this is something completely uh, different from. You're talking about that card uh, they were handing out, the things that would have that will happen to get him back in. There's like seven steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the first one was to name him Speaker of the House. Mm -hmm. And now I did not, and I had to go, I had to actually look at this because I, how the hell could he become Speaker of the House if, uh, if he hadn't won a congressional, congressional election? I I found out, and I I checked this on several different sources, that they can elect anybody they want as Speaker of the House. It doesn't necessarily have to be a member of Congress mm-hmm. for them to become Speaker. Yeah. So what what the, what the talk is, is that they would elect him as Speaker of the House. They would go ahead and then uh, attempt to impeach Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. 
And guess who would be waiting in the wings to become president? Right. And then you'd see the rest of us storm the Capitol. Yeah. Well, you know, so you you know something. It's 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 scary, but it, it is a, a definite possibility. I will I will get on a on a bus, and I will go storm the Capitol. I don't want to. FBI, no need to come knocking on my door. I'm not planning anything, but just be aware if that happens. Yeah, then. Uh, I, I will speak to certain people, but uh, some I don't understand the appeal. I don't want to talk about him. Honestly, I don't want to talk about him today, and I'm not going to. But anyway, the point I was getting at was that this whole COVID thing has turned into a political political football, and it's not. It's not about politics. It's not a Republican disease. You can't stop the pandemic by not watching CNN. You can only hope to contain it. Oh, that's a. All right, we've been we've been heavy, heavy, heavy here for an hour and forty minutes. <sighs> what else you got before I? Uh, what's what's with Christy? Uh, what is that? The governor of Wyoming. You have one more piece up there. Oh, uh, South Dakota. South Dakota. Well, let's get that out of the way. But they didn't close their, they didn't mandate masks. I'm not picking fights with Okay, we apologize for the audio problems there, John. There was, it was intermittent at best. So uh, we'll try and get. Well, for anyways, for those who didn't, uh, who didn't hear it, that was South Dakota governor. Hang on, Kristen. we're going to. We're gonna we're gonna rack that one back up. Talk about rewriting history. Nope, nope. It's it's not gonna work today. Go ahead, John. Explain what the clip was. Okay, okay. That was South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem uh, talking about other Republican governors who closed their beaches. Well, you know who she was taking a taking a shot at, don't you? Chris Christie. No, uh, oh. DeSantis. Oh really? Florida. Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah. It is starting. It is starting to oh, get, get yeah. to the point now where these Republicans are going to try to find. You know, all they're really doing, if they think about it, if 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 the former guy does indeed run in in twenty twenty four, the best they're going to hope to do is run for potentially being the next ass kisser in chief in other words vice president right because you know you know he'd never bring uh pence back no 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 uh and the, the former guy has already taken shots at the santas again i don't want to talk about them not today i'm i'm done i was let's talk about space jam let's talk about space let's jam. talk about space jam john have you seen it yet Yes, I did. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, kids and kittens, there will be spoilers here. Spoiler alert. Be uh, be extra special. Here's... That's our spoiler alert, Bill. One more time. There are spoilers here. Okay? So now would be the time to click off your radios 
or uh, uh, lower the volume for a couple of minutes because we're going to talk about Space Jam. <clears throat> and in three, two, one. John, what you think? I liked it. Okay. Good, good, good movie. Good movie. I, you know, I don't. I saw the first Space Jam. We all did. did uh, I I don't remember that much about it, other than it was Michael Jordan and the uh, and the you know space uh, or the uh, Looney Tunes Looney Tunes characters. I don't remember who they were playing against, who they the, were pitted against. The Monstars. What they did was they, the people they were playing against, and actually they make a cameo in the new movie, the five little uh, cartoon little creatures. They come to Earth, and they, they get the powers of like Charles Barkley and uh, Muggsy Bogues and Patrick Ewing. and Oh, that's right. I remember right, that now. Right, right. So uh, now what I did like, is that they did not ignore the previous movie completely. For instance, when Lola Bunny, you know, when when they come to her to play, you know, they go through this whole long thing is been there, done that. <laughs> you know, they don't <laughs> deny that the first one happened. And of course, the best the best joke of all. The as far as that went at halftime. Daffy Duck, or not Daffy, Sylvester Sylvester the cat burst in. I found Michael Jordan. Oh, okay. Well, now we all think uh, Jordan's going to make a make a cameo. Well, it was Michael B. Jordan, the actor. <laughs> and now, what I got a particular kick out of, and the story was fine. I mean, I thought uh, Don Cheadle Don Cheadle did a great job. I thought the name was a little weak, uh, uh, algae rhythm, but you know. Uh, but what really got me was all the Warner Brother cameos in there. Oh my God, they just went over the top with that. Every character that Warner Brothers has the rights to is in this movie somewhere. Now, now you saw at least two versions of the Penguin. They had mm -hmm. uh, the Danny DeVito version and the old Batman TV show version, you had Batman and Robin, you know, mm -hmm. obviously they're actors, you know, they're not, they don't have lines or anything like that. And if you kept, every time they showed the crowd, you couldn't miss King Kong and the Iron Giant. And then mm -hmm. there was a young Frankenstein, an old cartoon, and Peter Potamus was hanging in his balloon, his boat balloon. And just, just, just I, literally a cornucopia. They go through all the worlds, and, you know, there's Harry Potter world, and, you know, and it was just magnificent what they did. They just threw it all in the pot. They said, you know what, if we're going to go, let's go big. And they grabbed yeah, they every, every character. I promise you, in those crowd scenes, if you, I'm sure within a week, somebody's going to have a list of every cameo in that movie. The plot itself was, you know, let's face it. How many times can you do international supers? The greatest basketball player in the world uh, has to play with the Looney Tunes to save fill in the blank. You know, it's really a one and done plot, but uh, but they managed to to pull it through. They, they, they managed, pulled it off. They pulled it off, and it's a good movie to sit and watch. And it's you know, and it's funny. 
uh, a little too video gamey for me. I understand that was the the point of the plot. That was the mm. point of the, the the story. But of course, the best thing is when the Looney Tunes start being the Looney Tunes. You know. Oh, of course. You know that's that's what you're tuning in for. And I will say this: I'm still very very disappointed that Pepe Le Pew was not in this film. Yeah, that kind of stunk. Yeah. Oh, oh, look at you. Look at you with a, with a little pun there. But they took him out because they felt, well, his womanizing ways would, you know. It's Pepe Le Pew. It's a 60-year-old, 70-year-old cartoon. He's a cartoon skunk who likes to, uh, he, he loves the ladies. He was supposed to be in the Casablanca scene where uh, Yos- Yosemite Sam was. Oh, by the way, one one thing that slipped by. Yosemite Sam and Elmer Fudd no longer carry guns. They no longer use guns. But it slipped That's by. It? Uh-huh. it slipped by, and they, they came up with that after this. I guess they were too deep into production, too. But, oh, uh, you tell, you say, you tell uh, Yosemite Sam to shoot. What's he going to do? Actually, that was just natural. Thought, yeah. And uh, I, I still feel that they didn't give uh, Foghorn Leghorn enough to do. I say, boy, boy, I, 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 say, I, I say, boy, you're getting on my last <laughs> nerve here. It's uh, never, never enough as far as I'm concerned. And uh, yeah, no, no, it's a good, would I pay, oh, excuse me, my chair is, my chair is getting the best of me here. Would I have paid 15 or 20 bucks? I don't know. Is it a is it a good It wasn't bad, okay? It yeah. wasn't bad. Pastor Oliver liked it. They actually went to uh, Granny Annie and uh, Master Oliver and and Angie went to actually went to the theater to go see that. I I would have liked to have done that. I watched it on HBO Max. Uh, Me too, and uh, you know I got a big screen and all that, which, which was fine. But I, yeah, that's got to be a hoot and a holler on uh, on oh, the imagine big, screen. big screen. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. I, and again, there there were a lot of cute moments in there, and uh, they they didn't really uh, they didn't ignore the fact that that LeBron James is uh, is wealthy and. You know, worldwide superstar and all that, but they didn't beat up on, beat you up on it e- either. So again, no. it, it's it's a fun movie. It's a fun. The, the special effects are just incredible. A uh, lot of callbacks to old uh, Looney Tunes stuff, and uh, there's a lot of Easter eggs. If you like looking for Easter eggs, and the cameos are not Easter eggs. They are right there in your face. They are mm-hmm. right there in your face. Uh, I saw at least two Jokers. Uh, didn't see any. Didn't see the Jokers. Yeah, I saw two. Uh, I also saw the uh, Jim Carrey's character from The Mask. I saw that one. He was in there. Uh, and again, there's just more and more and more. The Scooby Doo Gang was in there. Uh, Jabberjaw. I, I, I virtually any Saturday morning Space Ghost. Uh, they're all popping into my head now. And uh, what mm-hmm. you want, what you want to look for if you see the movie is you got to look above the the court look for the ones right. that are hovering and when martian the martian marvin the martian marvin 
Yeah. Marvin the Martian. Uh, when the ship lands back at the court, if you look on top of the ship and you see them twice, it's the Animaniacs. Oh, I didn't know. Didn't pay any attention yep. to that either. Yep, yep. Twice. You can see them twice up there. They are just, again, mm. it's just all over the place. And it's a, it's a fun, 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 fun time for all. So. I want one of those... Uh, one of those little automated things where you say ball, ball. <laughs> and how many times, how many times one of the, when one of the kids, uh, one of his two kids would say, just use the word ball in a sentence and boom. Wow. That, that was the older son. And they were, you know, he, he was the goofball. He was the, you know, they oh, played wow. him for laughs and, uh, Oh, again, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, not LeBron, LeBron's real family. No, yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> the woman that plays his wife you've seen her on walking dead and she plays the captain on uh on the new star trek series star trek discovery really yeah. i didn't know that oh yeah oh yeah i can't i can't pronounce her name but uh uh yeah she's oh she's very good she's very very good and uh you know again it's it, see it see the movie mm-hmm. if if you haven't if you have hbo max by all means, fire that yeah. bad boy up. There was yeah, something totally, else we were really a lot of fun. Oh, let's uh, let's finish up. We were starting to discuss. Uh, well, we'll do a little cleanup here. We're starting to discuss cost per mile when Shannon called in. We kind of got got thrown off that. Okay, let's pick that up for for a minute here. Uh, okay. So, what were you saying? What what were the costs that you would I had figured, I had figured uh, that you would need. Now, what I, what I, let me preface this by saying that I, I was thinking more in Uber terms because you know they're taking a cut of your money, whereas, whereas I pay a flat fee to my company to operate every week. Well, all you do is eliminate. I that. was basically, yeah, I was basically eliminating the that amount. That your dispatch fee. Yeah, my dispatch fee. So I figured that you had to to go uh, between you, your gas, your car, and your other expenses with the car. Right. You would need uh, $1.20 per mile. In an per Uber. every mile driven. Yeah. In, a, in an Uber. In any driving situation, technically. Well, okay. It's... Uh... Oh, keep keep in mind with an Uber car, you're also paying for your own insurance. Right. Yeah. No, I've got that figured. I've got that figured in as Where, well. Whereas, like for your cab, your insurance is most likely lopped in with your dispatch fee. With with a service fee. Right. So that's all in there. So your insurance is. I mean, you can get other insurance, but your basic liability insurance. Um. Yeah. It, it's all lopped in there. And then all you have to factor in is your expenses. That's what it all falls into is expenses. What are you laying out? So, so you figure that at a dollar twenty a mile, and I'm talking now. I'm talking about total miles from the that, time you get yes. into your car. Every mile. Every mile that you log, dead including the dead miles. And by the way. I've always said that you need to run at at least 50% paid miles. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. 
if you can get more, <laughs> that's great. Side note, side note, one, uh, one night some years ago, we had a perfect storm. It was, uh, what was it? We had spring break going on. It was a Friday night. And, oh, there was something. Oh, it was St. Patrick's Day on a Friday. Mm-hmm. At the, when, the, when, the, when the night was over, and again, this was the perfect storm. I was three to one for miles, all miles. Three bucks. Three bucks for every mile. Nice. Oh, it was, that. Oh, it was it was beautiful. It was and that's something you don't see. But you're right. It's about you you are at about a buck twenty a mile. Uh well, as far as the you, you want to have at least fifty percent paid miles. You want to minimize the deadhead miles. They're inevitable. You have to do them, but if you're not doing if you're not doing a dollar twenty a mile, it isn't worth your time. Right. It also depends to uh, you, you're talking about what you're clearing after everything. So a dollar twenty a mile, if you're banging out two hundred miles a day, that's two hundred and forty dollars. Right. That's a good and day. Here's what, I, here's what I'm figuring in that. I pay every every day I pay in to, in, as far as service fees to the company, I pay, basing it on a six-day work week or five-day work week, uh, I pay roughly a hundred dollars a day. Okay, to the company, a little over a hundred dollars a day to operate that. So, but, but in actuality, I'm going to interrupt here. That's actually a seven-day contract. It's a seven-day contract. Yeah, okay. you're absolutely right. I've just decided to make it up or make it into a five-day right. week. It's really but, not that so expensive, I- but. I understand what you're saying. So, in calculating it with that uh, with that dollar twenty a mile, I take that portion out of it because, quite frankly, if I'm not making over three hundred dollars a day in what I'm doing, it's 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 a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And I was I was having quite a few days like that during the COVID, where I really ran into a lot of trouble. Uh, but uh, things are starting to bounce back, and now I'm actually having some. I'm having well, this every, every day this week, every Monday through Friday, I had I was over three hundred bucks by, you know, it's quite quite a quite a bit. I actually, had one day close to four hundred. Uh, and on how many miles? One hundred and fifty, or? Uh, I was doing about two hundred and. 220, 230 miles or so. Not, not horrible. Not horrible. Uh, no, what, I always, not what, what I always liked was when you knew it was busy when, again, you weren't doing as many miles, but you were taking in the bucks because you're dropping off and picking up a couple of blocks away. So your dead mm-hmm. miles were being just blown out, just just blown out. And uh, But you're not wrong. Depending on your market, about a buck, buck 20 a mile. After expenses is what you need to be making. These Uber guys are nowhere near that. They're nowhere near that. They, I, and I don't well, understand. You see, with that dollar twenty though, that also takes into account the fact that fifty, that fifty-six cents of that per mile is what the government uh, allots you for for expenses for okay. your vehicle. For your uh, for your gas for your maintenance. So, we'll maybe pick up on this a little bit more next week, amongst others. Oh,
Thanks for joining us. For Ed Van Ness, I'm John Shannon. But I got baby, Listening.